a prime property located on a quiet suburban street in a mid-sized southern city, situated halfway between the bustling urban centers of Memphis and Nashville, Tennessee. Now an empty lot, the property was once the site of a small, two-story farmhouse featuring a steeply gabled roof, a large wraparound porch, and the ghost of a little boy believed to have died there under mysterious circumstances. Though the haunted house is no more, the memory of it has been kept very much alive by the family of its former occupants. Sound like the home for you? Well, if you're in the market for a haunted house, or at least a good story about one, you've come to the right place. I'm Caitlin Blackwell-Baines. Welcome to Haunted Homes. Let the embers glow, let the ashes all be scattered, they won't hold you close, they'll be buried if you fear. When the porch light goes, all our memories are shattered, you are not the only one who knows the ghost, Lexington was here. Fifty-two Maple Street, Lexington, Tennessee. Today's haunted home is a unique one, for in this case, it is the house itself that is, in effect, a ghost. The residence having burnt down in 2007, with the land left eerily vacant for well over a decade now. The ample plot, long and narrow, extending from the road back to a clump of mature trees at its back fence line, still bears some small traces of what once stood there. Bare patches in the grass indicate the foundations of the former farmhouse. The house is something of an enigma. Little is known of its early history, who built it or who was the first to live there, only that it was built sometime around 1914. At this time, the city of Lexington, the county seat of Henderson, Tennessee, was a large agricultural community with a population of about 11,000. Though it had been rocked by two major battles during the Civil War, By the turn of the century, Lexington had recovered and expanded with the introduction of the railway and several new businesses including distilleries, shops, and saloons. Yet, it remained mainly agricultural. Thus, the original occupants of the house were likely farmers of either cotton or corn, the two main crops grown in the region. But this remains unclear. What we do know about 52 Maple Street comes from a much later source from someone with an intimate connection to the property. This haunted house story comes to us from Stephen Bowman, who will be our guide for today. Let's meet Stephen. Hey guys, uh, my name is Stephen Bowman, and I'm a musician living here in Nashville, Tennessee. I primarily play the violin, uh, and most of my career has revolved around writing, recording, and performing strings. But more recently, I decided to start writing material as a singer-songwriter, so I've been doing that. More specifically, I started writing songs about the various houses that I spent time in throughout my youth. And this led me to start revisiting my past and examining the stories and uh, some of the repressed memories of my youth to help flesh out these songs. 
And that led to a rather intriguing discovery, honestly, about my late grandmother's house um, that was on Maple Street in Lexington, Tennessee, which is what leads us to our haunted house story today. Stephen's recent foray into autobiographical songwriting has helped him to recover some unique memories of his grandmother's home on Maple Street. And while music is his main passion, and he doesn't seem to have been particularly obsessed with the paranormal in the past, he does admit to always having been sensitive to the spiritual side of life. Personally, I have always believed in the idea of ghosts, even if I don't quite know exactly what they are. Uh, Like, are they trapped souls trying to cross over? Or are they demons masquerading as loved ones? Is it something even more meta, of crossed universes? Um, Regardless, I've always been really fascinated with the ideas um, and the spiritual world, and find myself pulled into these stories. Uh, From a young age, I could sense things, and I honestly felt the presence of spiritual beings. I remember even talking to the angels in my bedroom at night, or uh, just knowing to avoid certain places because I sensed a dark presence. And uh, I mean, honestly, I think children are more open and sensitive to spiritual beings, and looking back on my childhood, I can definitely see how that openness led to the story of the boy that we encountered at Maple Street. So, as we will see, the story of 52 Maple Street is essentially the story of two boys. A living one with a heightened sense of the spiritual world, and a deceased one, the ghost boy of Maple Street. My haunted house no longer exists, but it once stood at 52 Maple Street in Lexington, Tennessee. Uh, This house was built in 1914, and it was a fairly small farmhouse sporting a massive wraparound porch and a steeply pitched roof, which was home to a yet-to-be-finished upstairs. And according to family members, uh, the kitchen and laundry room had been added or updated at a later date, but that upstairs was finished by my grandfather himself with the help of my dad one summer um, just to create more bedrooms and living space for them. My grandmother, um, we called her Nana, she did attempt to find out more about the history of the house. But, of course, as luck would have it, um, there had been a fire at one point in the past that destroyed many of the records at the Henderson County Courthouse. Of course, including that of the Maple Street House. In fact, the Henderson County Courthouse burned down twice. The first time, in 1863, during the Civil War, when it was accidentally fired by some of the 3rd Michigan Cavalry who were quartered in the building, and the second time, in 1896, when the new courthouse that had been completed in 1867 burned down in a fire for which there was no known cause. That there are no surviving records of the Maple Street property dating to a later, post-1896 period, remains a mystery. At any rate, Stevens' Nana couldn't find anything about the history of her property. So, for our purposes... The history of the house begins with the Bowman family. Back to Stephen. I spent the first 10 years of my life, really, visiting Nana and my granddad at the Maple Street house. From 1988 to 1998, when my grandparents downsized, this huge house on Maple Street was the core meeting place for our family. Holidays, family reunions, and visits to the grandparents all pretty much took place at the Maple Street house. And we would even get the cousins together for hangouts and sleepovers. We'd run around and get ourselves all hot and sweaty and 
just collapsed on the couches and had a good bit of time there. Um, and even though I never lived there, it did feel like a second home. It was during one of these visits with my cousins where I began to be aware of the scariness of the upstairs in the Maple Street house. The stairs leading to the expansion were steep and crooked, and at the top of these stairs you'd end up in a landing area, and there were angular walls and shadows jutting every which way and creeping towards you. And if an adult was not up there already, it was a genuinely scary place for us to be as kids. We'd often get the cousins together and dare each other to go upstairs and face the fear head on. And sometimes we would see the silhouette of what we thought was a person, and then someone else would go up and not see it. But we just assumed, you know, it was our our nerves getting to us. Um, and, you know, sometimes it might have just been a shadow or a creaking of the house. But there were definitely a good number of unexplainable things that were going on. What really made me realize something was off about this house was an experience I had the time my family spent the night there. So in the upstairs of the Maple Street house, there were a couple of different alcoves off of this main landing area with beds, but my younger siblings and parents slept in those. I had to sleep on the couch next to the landing in the midst of all the angled walls and shadows. There was no central air conditioning in the upstairs, so it could get pretty hot during the summer months and I would often lie awake for a while, just too hot and uncomfortable to fall asleep. One night, as I lay there listening to the thump, 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 thump of the ceiling fan, I became aware of footsteps walking past me, and I remember opening my eyes, assuming I'd see my dad or sister or someone, but there was nobody there. So I closed my eyes again, and then a few minutes later, I heard the footsteps again walking around upstairs separate and distinct from the ceiling fan. Because the ceiling fan had this kind of regular thumping pattern, but these footsteps were a little bit more irregular, like someone was wandering. And so, when I realized what I was hearing, I felt a rush of terror, and I ran downstairs to where my parents were visiting with our grandparents, and I told them about the footsteps. My dad was really patient. He walked upstairs with me where he noted, you know, you're just hearing the ceiling fan. Go back to bed. And I felt betrayed in a sense, because I wasn't believed, and I began to doubt my own mind. I mean, maybe, maybe I had not heard the sound. Maybe these weren't footsteps. But we just kept going on and never really talked about it again. And to be honest, I'd locked this memory away for years, because my grandparents moved out of that house in 1998 when they downsized. And it wasn't until I began researching for my song, Maple, that these stories began to resurface in my mind. And so I began sharing these memories and these stories with my family members and discovered several that had similar or even more terrifying tales. And so, years later, Stephen's boyhood experiences, which he had subsequently doubted, dismissed, and eventually suppressed, were finally vindicated. My, my dad even let me know that Nana had talked about the boy that lived in the house on Maple Street. Uh, I don't believe Nana ever claimed to have seen him, 
but she would hear him, and she said that he liked to cause mischief and things would be moved around like a mischievous child would do. And I, I really wanted to talk to my grandmother herself about the boy, but she sadly passed away before I had the chance. However, at her funeral, several of my other family members approached me about the house, and they had kind of heard through the grapevine about my project and my songs, and specifically the song Maple about the house on Maple Street. And it turns out that another relative, Jan, had been the one to purchase the house from Nana in 1998. And sure enough, Jan had also experienced the boy. If Stephen's youthful encounters were somewhat unnerving, his relative Jan's experiences sounded positively terrifying. On one occasion, Jan was washing dishes in the kitchen when she felt the presence of someone watching her. Uh, She said that she turned and looked and she saw a small boy wearing old-timey clothes and a little cap standing in the adjacent laundry room. When she turned, he ran away and disappeared. And then another time, she was woken up in the middle of the night and realized the same boy was leaning on the foot of her bed, watching she and her husband sleep. She woke her husband up asking, Are you seeing this too? And then he was gone. Now most of us shudder at the thought of ghost children. They're a staple of both the classic ghost story and the modern horror movie. But the Bowman family, for the most part, didn't seem all that bothered. It's interesting because in all these stories, the boy was never seen as a threat to these people, as unsettling as his presence may be. He moved things around on the shelves and walls, and there was a crucifix that was above one of the doors that would get jostled crooked. But he was still regarded by these relatives as just a boy. And when I was young, this definitely would have frightened me to death. The house itself was terrifying. But in hindsight, I find the story more of a tragedy. I I would love to know who was this boy, what was his story, and when did he live in the house on Maple Street? And, I mean, sadly, we will never know, because the house burned down in July of 2007 due to a problem with the clothes dryer in the laundry room. And it's crazy, because fire destroyed the early records of the home, and then fire took away the home itself. The worst of the damage was to the upstairs, ironically, where the roof collapsed in on the house. That's the same place where we had dared each other as kids to face the shadows, And it's the place that ended up collapsing into embers and rubble. To sad into a house, honestly, that did many things for my family. It brought us together. It introduced us to fear and the possibility of what might exist beyond ourselves. But it gave us inspiration and it drew us together. Almost six months after my Nana passed away, the song I wrote about her house, Maple, was released on streaming platforms everywhere. And it has been rewarding to see the way that the story of her house is touching so many people in unique ways. From those who have their own haunted houses to contend with, to those who just remember the scary moments of youth. The house on Maple Street lives on today, 
even though the lot where it once stood might be empty. But we all know the truth. I'm not the only one who knows the ghost of Lexington was here. Step and step, beckon by silhouette. Help me, Lord, hear my prayer, heal my mind. So, who was the ghost boy of Maple Street? Was he a young farmhand who died in a tragic accident on the property? A casualty of the rampant influenza pandemic that ravaged Tennessee from 1918 to 1919? A murder victim? As Stephen says, we'll simply never know. And whether the boy's spirit stays tethered to the property or is whisked away in the smoke of the house fire, we'll likely never know either. Perhaps all that remains is Stephen's childhood memories and the song that commemorates his experiences. A very special thanks to Stephen Bowman for agreeing to share his haunted home story. You can find his single, Maple, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube, and pretty much wherever you stream your sounds. You can also follow him on Instagram and Twitter. If you've got a haunted home story you'd like to share, please contact me via Instagram or through the contact link at hauntedhomespodcast.net. Sing to the